Tonight, God's Word comes to us from Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. And we'll be reading just the first 19 verses of this chapter. Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. We hear now is God's word. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order, bound his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, And said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord came to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. Now Abraham lived at Beersheba. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, in our ongoing study of the book of Genesis, 
We are coming tonight to what is probably one of the more well-known stories in the book. Perhaps as we've worked through this uh, Abraham cycle of Genesis, we were not so familiar with the story of Abraham battling King Ketelaomer, perhaps not so familiar with Abraham's encounter with Abimelech, but tonight we come to a story that is fairly well known uh, to many of us. The story of Abraham being called to offer up his son Isaac. And as you have heard me say many times, the focus tonight is not so much on Abraham, but on the faithfulness of Abraham's God. And I hope you're getting a little bit tired of hearing me say that, because that means it's sinking in. Uh, the story of Scripture is not a story of this man or that man or this woman or that woman. It's a story of the working out of God's perfect plan in the life of His people. It's a story of His faithfulness. And we see that once again tonight. God being faithful to Himself, God being faithful to His promise, and God being faithful to Abraham. Because that same God who was Abraham's God is our God. And that same word of God which is trustworthy is the word we have which is trustworthy. Tonight we look together at the story of Abraham being called to offer up his son Isaac. The beginning of the chapter, verse, uh, verse 1, After these things God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. think, had I been Abraham, I would wonder, could this really be the voice of the Lord? Take this son and offer him up as a sacrifice? And it's as if, it's as if God, in this uh, call to Abraham, highlights how difficult this is going to be. Take your son, this son of the promise, this son that Abraham had waited some 25 years to come about. Take your son and offer him. Take your son, your only son. Now remember, children, Abraham had another son. He had Ishmael. But we saw that Ishmael had been sent away. So in a real way, this is his only son left. Take your son, your only son, the one whom you love. Isaac, the one that had brought laughter, a laughter of joy, a laughter of delight, rejoicing in God's faithfulness. Take this son and offer him as a burnt offering. God comes to Abraham with this test. After these things, God tested Abraham. Now, we know this was a test. Scriptures tell us that God came to test Abraham. We have no indication Abraham knew this was a test. This was simply one more word of God, one more command that God was giving him. So notice the very first words of, these chap of this chapter, after these things, this test took place. This was not God's initial contact with Abraham. But we have seen how God, 
how God will walk with Abraham throughout his life to encourage and to strengthen him in his faith. Oh, to be sure, God had come to him many years earlier, told him to leave his land and go to a different land. But it's not after he, until after he's walked with God for many, many years that now this command comes. Abraham had to learn obedience, had to learn faithfulness, had to learn that God was a God who could be trusted. And so after these things, after walking with God for so many years, even when Abraham was unfaithful, as we have seen, God remained faithful to his promise. And God had this son come forth. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. This word from God was sufficient for Abraham. He did not barter with God. We saw that earlier when God came to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham bartered with God. What if there's 50 people left? What if there's 45 people left? What if there's 40 or 30 or 20 or 10? There's a, a bartering going on. No bartering here, as in the earlier years. Abraham hears and Abraham obeys. He doesn't wait for God to confirm the message with one more word. But Abraham hears and, and deliberately obeys the word of God. Notice verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Abraham's obedience is immediate. He doesn't wait. The next morning, no, no, early the next morning, he gets up to do what God has called him to do. His obedience was immediate. His obedience was deliberate. But notice then, Abraham has to go to this place God has shown him. That's a three-day journey. Three days. He needs to think about what God has called him to do. After day one, he does not turn back. After day two, he does not turn back. But he will go all the way to that place God had shown him that he might fulfill the command God had given to him. But as he goes, we see glimmers of Abraham's trust in God. Even with this command to kill his son, Abraham's trust in God. Look at verse 5. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Abraham knows the command of God, offer your son, but he also knows the promise of God. In this son, all nations will be blessed. In his line. And God would not, would not renege on his word in any way. There is nothing less at stake here than the coming of that promised son, the coming Jesus Christ. Abraham knows what God has asked him to do, and he knows the promise of God. And even though they seem in conflict, Abraham follows in obedience. 
The book of Hebrews give, gives us something of a divine commentary on this story in Genesis 22. We read from Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of, worship, of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. He believed God's word. God had promised, this is the son. And even though God has called him to offer up this son, he believed if this is the son and God's word is true, he will even raise him from the dead, bringing back life from death. And, and Abraham had seen that. He had seen that in his wife, Sarah, one who was too old to have children. And yet from her, new life would come. Abraham has walked with the Lord, and because of that ongoing walk he had, he was able to follow in deliberate obedience to the call of God. Look at what, he said, what, what Isaac says in verse 6. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering, laid it on his son Isaac, and he took his, the, in his hand the, knife, the fire and the knife. So they went on together, and his, his son says to him, My father, here am I, my son, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, we don't know how old Isaac was at this point. Um, certainly old enough to help Abraham carry this wood for the sacrifice. Uh, perhaps some suggest in his early teen years. And, and he knows what's involved in a sacrifice. He knows there's an altar, and there's wood, and there's fire, and there's something to be sacrificed. He doesn't see the sacrifice present. How does, how does Abraham respond to that question? God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Again, Abraham's assurance, God will provide everything necessary. God will provide for himself the lamb. And as they walk along together, Isaac, too, is being instructed, instructed by his father. Look, God will take care of this. God is in control. You might not see, Isaac, exactly what's going on here, just like I don't see. But he passes along to his son the conviction, God will provide everything that we need. Isaac, you can trust this God. As they arrive at that place that God had showed him, our story in Genesis 22 becomes very short and very terse. Verse 9, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Step by step by step. Deliberate, unwavering obedience. Even though it was beyond what he could imagine, deliberately going step by step by step to offer up his son as God had called him to do. And it is only after he has obeyed to the full extent, only after he has the knife in his hand, that God once again speaks to him. Verse 11, 
the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and Abraham says, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham shows the full extent of his willingness to trust the word of the Lord, even raising the knife over his own son. And only then does God call out, stop. You have demonstrated the fullness of your devotion. Stop. Don't offer up your son, your only son, the one whom you love. Isaac would not be sacrificed. But there would still be a sacrifice. Our story goes on in verse 13. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abram went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. God had said, you're going to go sacrifice, and so God does exactly what Abraham had, had hoped for. God provided. God provided a ram in the place of his son. There was a substitution made. God provided a substitute sacrifice, which is why Abraham called the, the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it said today, on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. God provides a substitute sacrifice in the story of Genesis 22. As we seek to apply this story to today and apply this story to our lives, I think it is somewhat natural for us to put ourselves in the place of Abraham and ask the question, um, how devoted are we to God? What might God be calling us to give up? What might we have to sacrifice, even something very close and very dear to us? And would we, like Abraham, go step by step by step in obedience, going all the way, even raising that knife over this thing we hold so dear? I say I think it's, I think it's easy for us to apply the text in that way. I have heard the text applied in that way. And that certainly is... Um, a part of the application. It's a call to us to be devoted to God. But if we stop there in the application of this text, I really think we miss the heart of what's going on. We should not see ourselves so much in the place of Abraham. We should see ourselves in the place of Isaac. Isaac, the one who is going to be offered as a sacrifice. Isaac, the one who is put under a death sentence. Isaac, the one over which the knife is raised. Our sin puts us under God's righteous judgment. Our sin places us under God's wrath. 
And he would be holy and completely just in raising that knife over us and plunging it into us. We have earned God's condemnation. We have earned a death sentence. God, in his love and in his mercy, does not take that knife and plunge it into our heart. Instead, he provides a substitute sacrifice. He does not lay us on the altar, but rather he lays his son, his only son, the one whom he loves. He sends his son, Jesus Christ, to come down from heaven to dwell among sinful men and women. And he will have that son, that only son, that son whom he loves, lifted high on a cross, placed on that altar, the son of the promise, taking our place. The death sentence we had earned now being given to him. And when the, wrath of, uh, the knife of God's wrath is raised up over him, this time, this time the Father's hand is not restrained. God himself plunges the knife into his Son, sends him to death on that altar that we might have life. God provides a substitute sacrifice. That which we had earned, that which we had deserved, that death sentence, that condemnation is taken away because Jesus Christ takes our place. It is not us on the altar, not us on the cross. It is Christ who comes and bears the full wrath of God in our place. That's that's the beauty of this story. That's, that's the picture given to us as this story uh, brings our eyes forward to the true Son of Promise, to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who would come as that substitute. After Abraham demonstrates his obedience, God once again speaks to him. Verse, uh, verse 15, the angel of the Lord came to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven, as the sand of the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In that offspring there would be blessing. In that greater son, Jesus Christ, that son of promise, there would be blessing for all who find their self in him. God comes and promises a blessing in the line of Abraham, in the line of his son, Jesus Christ. Again, as I, as I think about this story and, and imagine Isaac's role, do you suppose, children, Isaac would ever forget this day? Do you suppose he would ever forget that trip? Three days walking with his father, carrying the wood for the sacrifice, being bound by his father, being laid on the altar, that knife raised over him. Do you suppose Isaac would ever forget that? 
He knew what God had done for him. He knew God had provided a substitute for him. And I'm sure when they got back, Isaac would say, you'll never believe what happened. God, God had told my father to sacrifice me, but he, he gave a substitute instead. I'm still here, I'm still alive, because God has provided. And he would tell that story to those around him. We are those who have stood under the death sentence. We are those who've had the knife raised over us. And yet Jesus Christ has taken our place. Have we told that story? Do we recognize what God has done for us? He has given us new life. We must never forget this glorious gift. Never forget what he has done on our behalf, that God was faithful. Have we, have we told our children what God has done for us? instructing them in the gospel, in the ways of the Lord? Have we told those around us, our families, the rest of our families, our friends, our co-workers, our fellow students? It's an amazing story. It's a glorious truth. We like telling this story of, of God asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. There's a greater story that we were those who were condemned and Christ, the Son of God, stood in our place, yet we seem so hesitant to share the glories of that story. That, that, that through us, that blessing of Jesus Christ, that blessing to the nations might continue. That the word of God might continue to go out and many would come in and embrace Jesus as the one who has stood in their place, their Lord and their Savior, being a blessing to those around us. Oh, it's a beautiful story in, in Genesis 22. God provides a substitute sacrifice. A substitute for all who believe in Jesus Christ, for all who trust in him. That's the call of the gospel tonight. Because without him, we are left on the altar with the knife over us, going to be plunged down. God calls us tonight to put our faith in that Jesus Christ. Know what he has done. He has stood in our place. He has taken that death blow that we might have life. God calls us to embrace him as our Savior, as our Lord, to live every day in joyful gratitude for what that Son of Promise has done, and that God might open our mouth, open our lips to declare this glorious truth to all those around us. For us, God provided a substitute sacrifice. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, great and glorious, we are amazed at your works with your people. We are amazed at your call to Abraham to offer up his son. And in that story, O oh God, we are amazed that you would send that substitute. We know that this is beyond simply Abraham and Isaac, but it affects us today. For God, if we have failed to, to recognize what you have done, if we have failed to see that we've gone from death to life, forgive us. May we with joy embrace the glory of the gospel. If we have failed to tell this story to our children, to our other family members, those around us, Lord God, forgive us and open our lips to tell this glorious truth. You are merciful, you are gracious, and you are glorious, and you have been a faithful covenant-keeping God to us in removing the death sentence and giving us the assurance 
of eternal life. Oh, Lord God, receive our praise tonight, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn in the Psalter hymnal to number 355. Number 355, O sacred head now wounded. We take note of the third verse. What thou, my Lord, hast suffered was all for sinners' gain. Mine, mine was the transgression, but thine the deadly pain. We're going to sing verse 1 and verse 3 and verse 4. 1, 3, and 4. Number 355, let's stand together as we sing. Receive the parting blessing of our God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.